Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 598 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd, along with Joe. How we doing today, Joe? We're trying it again, huh? That's right. It's uh, 598 Try 2 Electric Boogaloo, Joe. Yes. Uh, so, uh, not going to go into the whole thing of it. You know, uh, I explained it at length on At Odds, explained it at length on the Patreon show, <laughs> I explained it at length on After Dark, so I'm not going to get into it. But what I will say is, uh, obviously the night that it happened, we were both so frazzled. At the very least, next time in the future, we're just going to record something, even if it's just us blathering for like two minutes, just <laughs> to say, hey, there's no episode, we're not recording it again, I don't know what happened, that right. sort of thing tell you what we were looking forward to next week and then out <laughs> yeah something you know right no i just give, it. You, just give you like the cliff notes version of the episode you know mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, too bad so, we couldn't sell cliff notes but got you right would you like to know what's on the show this week joe i would like to know what's on the show this week todd in news we wade into netflix next comic adaptation joe oh boy <laughs> um uh more news about the havoc one of our Patreon shows has reaped, but we'll get into that. Conventions, what we la- read last week, uh, which was Batman, Superman, World's Finest. Still like that Batman gets top billing. Nightwing, 90. What we're looking forward to this week. Good luck, Joe. I'm going to tell because who knows. <laughs> um, <laughs> Todd and Joe have issues. The battle for second place, aka the silver standard of rogues galleries. Uh, Todd's art attack. And once again, no TV or movie talk. So it should be a short show, but not as short as last week's show. No. Last week's actually was a short show in the grand scheme of things. You know what should have been recorded, you know? True, true. True that, as the kids say. True that, of course. Uh, so, as Todd mentioned, um, one of the news stories in the last seven days is that not one but two of Mark Wade's comics are being adapted for a Netflix show. And there's a reason for that is that they are kind of tied into each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Irredeemable, uh, which was kind of like, uh, you know, what if Superman was the villain of the story? And right. Incorruptible, which was, you know, the guy who's trying to bring him down. Uh, right, who, yes was a villain and because his arch nemesis became the villain, he has no choice but to become the hero. Yeah, pretty much kind of like a superpowered Negan as far as I was concerned. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to describe it. Um James Samuel, who again I'm not familiar with, um, is going to be the one who is adapting it. Um he did a movie last year called The Harder They Fall. You might know him for that. Uh, but this is very interesting to see this being made into a Netflix uh, adaptation. Yep, and I think the artist on at least two of them, maybe Peter Krause, either way. But uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see it because this is one of those books that was kind of out of print for the longest time, and I remember people even asking us about it, like because uh, we re- we recommended it over time. Um, I'm glad. Uh, I hopefully they'll put it back in print, and I like the idea of because I, I guess. You kind of have to do one show doing the two books because they kind of weaved in and out of each other. Right. Um, so I think it's better to just do one show than be like, oh, we're going to have, you know, Irredeemable and Incorruptible and they're going to run side by side because they drop everything at the same time. To me, that would be all kinds of confusing. 
So just merge them and do one show. Right. It'll be interesting to see how it comes across. Uh, you know, I remember the comic um, came out um, like, you know, obviously uh, Irredeemable came out first and then Incorruptible came about six to eight issues after that. So then they mm-hmm. were kind of like right on top of each other. And this is actually one of those books um, that uh, I hate to say, but I went digital on. Oh, really? Yeah. So I had the full run, right? And because it was kind of like scarcely in print, mm-hmm. I went and I sold it. You know, obviously, you know, if I sold it today or when the show comes out, it probably might be a couple bucks more. But I sold it for a pretty penny, the full the full run of the two. Uh, together was a lot, and I had them all digitally. Oh, okay. See, I have them all uh, physically, no digital. Uh-huh. And it was one of those books that I, pr- I, I read it. I've never gone back to it, but it's one of those that I really enjoyed. So I couldn't see me like that was like, I'm not saying that he's lost a step, but that to me, that was like way definitely during the height of his powers. So I was like, yeah, I don't see me getting rid of this. Yeah. Uh, I think for at least in my opinion, it was one of those things where, um, I felt as though, and I know you say wait at the height of his powers, and this is just my opinion. I felt as though he didn't stick the landing on it. Okay, but you know what? I guess he maybe he didn't because I don't remember how it ended. Yeah. Oh, I do remember how it ended. Okay. Right. Um, but uh, and I think we ended up, especially on the ir- incorruptible side, we were getting a lot more fill-in artists on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I'd have to go pull the spreadsheet, but I think it was getting like later and later. So then they're holding off the one book because now you have these two books that are written by the same guy with different art teams that are now coinciding with each other. Like this issue needs to be out before this issue comes out because this leads into this. Yep. And then trying to corral all that. Like it was just plagued with delays and the like the last couple issues of both just kind of fell apart a little bit. But taking all that aside, definitely check it out. Yep. Um, you know, sadly, you're going to have to buy your own Netflix uh, subscription because Netflix is now <laughs> cracking down and allowing you to do that. Right. Now, all joking aside, you know that that's just a tryout in other countries for right now, right? No, I didn't know that. Okay, because they're everywhere. Do, do, do I think it's coming to America? Not the Eddie Murphy movie, but yes. Um, but they're saying, like, we're trying it in these countries. And then, like, if it works, it's definitely coming to, you know, America. So, but... Anyway, uh, so one of the other things we talk about flipping and selling and whatever, <laughs> uh, it made a big news story that not only did a Marvel previews mm-hmm. um, that is allegedly the first appearance of ultimate Miles Morales get graded, but it went for a hefty sum of money. Oh, boy. And they claim you know, at the time that it was going for the princely sum of $210. Now I will say that it did end up selling for about $750. The price of a first appearance of spot. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but this is something that Todd and I have been living with for like the last like three years. <laughs> yeah. That the price of these previews are just ridiculous. If someone feels as though, it's the first appearance of someone and it's not. Yeah. But because there's enough people that do believe it, we all suffer. Well, not us. We got ours, but, uh, 
yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, I, I don't get it, but it's the way, you know, if you control the, you control the narrative, you control the, 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 the value, uh, how much it's valued at, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'll never get behind that previews are the first appearance of any character or a magazine is the first appearance of any character. So. So, you know, obviously outside of them making an appearance in their own number one issue, right? Mm-hmm. Them being a guest star in somebody else's book counts as their first appearance. Like how Venom's first appearance is Amazing Spider-Man 300. Right. The way Wolverine and then you get, is. Then you get the split ups of like, well, 298 counts because he's in the shadows there. Oh. And then... And then Web of Spider-Man counts because a shadowy Web of Spider-Man, like 18 or whatever it is, because a shadowy hand pushes Peter Parker and he and it doesn't set off his spider senses. So that's very obviously Venom. So that's the real first appearance of Venom. And it even came out that like Dave Michelini had to come out and like say, no, 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 that wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, that was an idea that we were having and it ended up being something else and it wasn't Venom, <laughs> so on and so forth. Um, if there's sketches of a character in like a magazine or a catalog, that does not count. If now I'm going to ask you this. So let's say in whatever, okay, previews, another book, um, let, let's say previews or another comic. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're going to use Spawn as our as as our example. Right. Let's say that there was an issue of Savage Dragon, not an ad. An ad doesn't count either. They print the first like four to six pages of Spawn number one two months in advance in that issue of Savage Dragon. No. Does does that count as Spawn's first appearance? No, because like. <sighs> It's I say the no. Savage Dragon story. It's like Savage Dragon story is done. Here's the letters page, and now here's a sneak peek at a new image book coming. Question mark Spawn, and they give you like the first four pages. See, because then you probably get like, I get what you're saying. I say no because it's a free preview. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like then again, it'll probably be in other image books too. Because like when they used to give you the free previews. In Mar- like say a Marvel comic that would be in multiple comics, so it's like, well, which one came out first that you know of the month? But then if two come out, it gets confusing. I get what you're saying. I'm gonna go with no. I'm with you as well because I'm of the same mind. Like I don't understand the cameo versus the full first on appearance. I really don't. Like Hulk 181 is the first appearance of Wolverine. But that's his, technically his first full appearance. He appears on the last page of 180. And I think like this is my whole deal with that one is because Hulk 181 had the Marvel stamp. That there's a lot less of them not cut up. So people went there worth more. So we're going to make 181 mm. worth more. Because there was a time the way the, the before eBay, Joe, you remember like the Overstreet price guide? Yes. Uh, they, they were all, everything with that was retailers would send in what books were going for. And then the Overstreet would like calculate kind of a deal. And we always said, even like our local re- retailer was like, that seems like really suspect that like they give the, 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 the thing because we called it like the Hawkman principle 
was because like Hawkman books never sold for anything. And I almost cursed right there. Um, they never, they never sold for anything, but they would go up a little bit each month in Overstreet because, you know, you sold them at a, like less than what they were going for in the Overstreet, but you'd be like, well, no retailer is going to say, well, I sold mine for less. I'm going to make my product, any of my product worth less. So I know I went off on a tangent there. I always found it weird, like a cameo and then like cables, cameo and new mutants. And then the full issue is his full appearance. Like it, it rhyme or reason of comic first appearances have never made sense as far as I was concerned. Well, I do feel as though it was the eighties and you make a good point with that Wolverine, that Hulk 180 versus 181, right? Mm -hmm. Becoming more or less the industry standard of like cameo doesn't count. It has to be first full appearance. We -hmm. can gouge you on the cameo appearance. So it's essentially, we're getting like two first appearances out of a character. Cause I remember like when the hot book came out, we'll do this in a couple months on previewing the past, like when doomsday came out, right. Mm -hmm. There was the issue of just something punching a door. Yep. And then two issues later is where we first get to see like, the thing the thing smashed the door off its hinges. Then right. two issues later, we get to see the first full thing of the green outfit with the arm tied to himself, right? Mm-hmm. So right there, we've now got three first appearances of Doomsday. Pretty much. Because first cameo, second cameo, and first full. Right, because it was the same way. Remember with Gambit? It was like he, he was like talking to Storm in an annual, and then the first... he was in like the X-Men issue. So it gets, it gets blurry. And like you said, and you can get away with that because now back then it was like, no, 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 this is the expensive one. That's the cheap one. Well, people are like, no, 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 we could push. Like you said, we could push both of these and make a lot of money. So I don't know. Now I'll, I'll push, I'll push back on this to go back to my original point. It's four to six pages of spawn. Number one, that are the first six pages of Spawn number one that comes out with an issue of Savage Dragon. Does not Ooh. count as the first appearance, right? Right. Let's get to that when we, uh, we'll bring that up to when we get to World's Finest. But anyway, go ahead. Well, okay. So let's say we get a four to six page preview of new material that's not in Spawn number one in Savage Dragon. And then when they collect the first trade, of spawn it's spawn one through six and those four to six pages that were in savage dragon does that now count as his first appearance maybe because i'm of the mind like concrete appeared in a like uh what's the word i'm looking for like what do you call it when you have a bunch of different little stories in one book an anthology yes like an anthology book so I think it was called Black Cross or whatever. So he like appears in that and that's considered his first appearance. Like, I think if you have a, a story and it and it, it doesn't say previous, it's like a story, a middle, a, a beginning, a middle and an end. That's his first appearance. You know, it's not a preview now. And if it's not definitely not in uh, like Spawn 1, uh, then that's definitely his first appearance. If it's a preview and it says preview, then it's not his first appearance. If it says to be continued in this issue, and it is, and it's not reprinted in that issue, it's his first appearance. There are a ton of rules. I got more rules than somebody buy an action figure. (laughs) So that's, and that's just kind of where I'm going to with you is if it's new material 
in a book that's not the character's own book, you can count that as their first appearance if it comes out before, like, if it actually is the first time this character ever appeared. You cannot use... Uh, um, you cannot use it being on the cover of a catalog. You cannot being advertised in the catalog. You cannot use preliminary sketches in an interview with the creator. None of that counts right. to me, but I don't get to dictate the price of the entire marketplace. We should. It should I be I just our have to job. suffer for it. Right. But that being said, and like, like, I don't know if you said in your rules, it has to be in a comic book and or like a magazine that tells comic book stories. Not, not like a book about said stories you it know what i'm trying to say promotional material right because like i'm trying to think of somebody who appeared in those old marvel magazines but they were comic book stories in the oversized magazines maybe it was rocket raccoon um who appeared in you know in a marvel whatever or a hulk whatever and it's a magazine i'm like okay but if you're something that promotes comics no like nothing ever in those like it's what the thing is has to be factored into if you get my meaning yep Oof, so, we should write the the declaration of first appearances Joe. and pin it to the uh, the main page of the show. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I, I I cannot stress to you enough. You know, we've kind of suffered this for what was considered the first appearance of Spawn, and coming up uh, later this year on Previewing the Past, what was considered to be the first appearance of Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Right. But do yourself a favor. Go on like eBay, Mercari, Facebook Marketplace, any of those things like that, and just search up like Diamond Previews Catalog and search highest to lowest and see what people are trying to get for what they claim is the first appearance of certain characters. Right. It'll it'll boggle your mind. Pretty much. So that's what we got in news. Uh, we do have some conventions this weekend. Uh, Big Apple Comic Con is this weekend. One day, New York City. Nice, small, little con in New York. Uh, that makes me happy to see Assad Ribic and Jamal Eigel are going to be there, amongst others. Mm-hmm. And uh, Big Apple was the one that was feuding with the Rob, remember? That's Oh, that's right. I remember. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Well, again, the Rob don't listen to us, and, you know, that ship has sailed. So we side with Big Apple Comic Con and pretty much any concerns or issues that they have with the Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggie this weekend is Lexington Comic Con in Lexington, I assume, Kentucky. Uh, three-day convention. Tons of folks are going to be there. Um, Kevin Eastman, Larry Hama, Rags Morales, Kyle Starks. Uh, Chris Schweizweiser is going to be there, the creative team on Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. So if you're in the area, um, you know, go check those fellas out, right? Mm-hmm. On the media guest side, uh, Dirk Benedict is going to be there, star of the hit film Body Slam and nothing else as far as I can remember. <laughs> you horrible person, you. And uh, if you want to, now again, when when we talk about getting those double mark picks, you know, we had like, the top of the line was the Ralph Macchio, Sensei Lawrence one. Then there was like the whole like cast that was living of Back to the Future. Then a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, getting the one with Farouk and Bradshaw. And I will say this. I saw some pictures. Uh, Bradshaw's in like the JBL getup. He's wearing a suit and a big cowboy hat. Again, 
you, you would think a guy whose gimmick was that he makes money would l- want to make money. But again, I, listen, I don't know what these people do, you know? Uh, you know what? Sometimes they think they're too big for their britches, man. All right. Uh, the one that's going to be at this one uh, at, at Lexington is Eric Estrada and Larry Wilcox. Oh, get my Mark photo with them eating chips. Well, okay, so you get the Mark photo with them eating chips, or all of these conventions have like, oh, the Batmobile's here, and Kit's here, and this and this. Three motorcycles. (laughs) Eric's on one, Larry's on one, you're in the middle on the motorcycle, and that's the Mark photo. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, I would totally do that in a heartbeat. And I say, please, someone steal this idea. Please steal this idea. Oh, why are they not doing this? I still don't understand why. Like when John Wesley Ship shows up at a con, he doesn't have the helmet. And like two of them, bring two of them. And just like, you know, give it the old Lysol each time. You get your option, helmet or helmet? Boil it after each time. (laughs) Hold on, have to drop the helmet in a vat of boiling water. Uh, and also from the world of sports and entertainment, uh, Hangman Adam Page, who is the current AEW champion, um, Britt Baker, who's also a dentist, is going to be there, Ooh. and uh, Adam Cole and his baby are going to be there. Um, I got a tooth that's bothering me. Maybe I'll go. Oh, good. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great, too? It's like, what are you here for? Sign picture, photo, mark photo? No, uh, molar in the back. Take a look at it. Can the other guy put his little Master Chief costume on? Oh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, but the links to all the uh, conventions this weekend uh, will be in the show notes, um, just along with everything else that we discuss. Uh, information about Soon To Be Named Network, uh, soontobenamednetwork.com, soontobenamednetwork.tumblr.com. Um, all the shows in the Soon To Be Named Network. Anytime they go live... Um, you could find them there or anytime the folks from those shows go on other shows, you could find them there. Uh, that would be of course this show, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, At Odds with Wrestling, We Need Wrestling, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Hit My Music, Wings on Wings, Porch Talk. However, probably not this week. Uh, as you saw the difficulties that I had trying to schedule the poll post from my phone. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to post these things out the way that I like to, like I could probably do them from the, from the Tumblr backend site from my phone (laughs) while I'm on vacation, but I always like to make sure that they're formatted right. And I always like to make sure that certain things are tagged in them. And I can't do that from my phone the way that I can from my PC. So Monday, when I return, you're just going to see a dump on soon to be named network.com of all the shows. Right. And I would do all this, go on the site and do it. But I know you like it done a certain way. So that's why I'm not doing right. it. Todd definitely doesn't have the uh, <laughs> logins, backend credentials and everything else for all of these sites. I think I have it written on a piece of paper somewhere around here. Right. It's right. It's right. To the, it's right next to the one that says, call him Leonard. <laughs> that's right. And then the other one that says, call him Jonah. Uh, but also, you can check out our friend Kevin, uh, his website over at MassLibrary.com. Uh, he's been trying something with connecting his posts to YouTube clicks, and it hasn't been working out, and I've been trying to work on it with him. 
but he's been putting up some stuff, as I mentioned, from last week. Um, he did a review of Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. Um, you know, he gets his stuff in trades mostly, so he just had, like, a review of Department of Truth Volume 2 go up. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. Um, Stray Dogs, Volume okay. Number 1. Um, you can go check out Rick Williams, The Chop Shop, all those cool resin and glow-in-the-dark sci-fi fantasy and wrestling things that he does uh listeners of ours chris runt and jason sandberg respectively have got their own self-published comics out there uh battle monsters and jupiter we have links in the show notes where you can purchase those digitally directly from the source uh you could also purchase comic books if you don't have a comic book shop in your area or you don't have a good comic book shop in your area let our comic book shop be your comic book shop. That's Comics on the Green. Uh, we have the link to their Facebook page, uh, which is where Dave and the crew do most of their business. Announcements of books being uh, being uh, uh, on sale, early release dates. Hey, this is coming out. If you want me to order it for you, now's the time. Um, I think he has a Facebook Marketplace thing over there as well. They have a mail order subscription service. You can get stuff mailed to you weekly, twice a month, once a month. However it is, there's a very good chance when you do, you'll get a sketch from our good friend Becky, and you can go check out her progress, her everything, commissions over on her social media, and all of that is linked up in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get into what we read from this past week, Mr. Todd. Right, I'm going to start with the book we were <clears throat> both looking forward to most, which is Batman Top Billing Superman World's Finest, uh, written by Mark Wade, uh, art by Dan Mora. Um, basically the book starts out like, you know, present time kind of a deal. Uh, it is the daily planet being attacked by poison Ivy, Batman, Robin show up, Superman's, you know, there to help. And Metallo shows up, who's, you know, obviously a thorn in Superman's side. And he ends up having a plan to kind of sort of take down Superman, which is one of, you know, Mark Wade's strength is I like the idea he thinks, uh, out of the you know uh, out of the box on certain things and how it ends up working against them and we end up getting a flashback to an early adventure of Superman and Batman together and there's certain things in it that end up rhyming with the current day part of the book um and then because Metallo has hurt Superman we end up getting a, uh, a a team shows up that kind of is helping out and they seek out because Superman needs like medical treatment. And how do you work on someone who's, uh, you know, who's got superpowers and invulnerability and blah, blah, blah. And that's the road we're going to go down in the next issue. I really enjoyed this issue. It was fun to see Superman and Batman team up and not hate each other and not, you know, like darkness, you know, all around. Um, it was a, a fun story, an interesting story. My only problem is um, I bought the detective comic a few months ago that uh-huh. had that had the preview of this. And all it was was I thought it was going to be to be continued. It was just the first, I don't know, eight pages until we go into the flashback story. I was like, oh, the, you done me dirty. If I had known that, I would not have bought the detective issue. So that kind of has me a bit upset. Well, that issue of detective now counts as the first appearance of this iteration of Batman and Superman. I I hope so. I hope it goes through the roof now. (laughs) So uh, I kind of echo a lot of your sentiments uh, in this. If this was anyone other than Mark Wade, okay. 
mm-hmm. where you get a story that takes place at some intermittent time in the recent past mm-hmm. that references back to a time when Superman and Batman in whatever timeline we're dealing with in DC Comics is dealing with, okay? <laughs> right. Okay? So you've got Batman. You've got Superman. You've got some iteration of Robin. You've got Metallo. You've got Poison Ivy. You've got Jimmy Olsen. You've got Lois Lane. You've got the Penguin. You've got a shadowy new villain as well, and the Doom Patrol, okay? Mm-hmm. This sounds like a lot, but when it's Mark Wade. He could handle this. Effortlessly. Effortlessly. He does this in his sleep, right? (laughs) And I have to say, I was very happy to see. And the only reason that I know there's a new mysterious villain, because, again, they only show him in shadows in this issue. Mm -hmm. But if you watch the mini trailer for this book that's on DC's website and YouTube page and social media and so forth, Mm -hmm. they show who the villain is. Oh, really? Yes. And there's a little bitty interview with Mark Wade, which was very enlightening about that this book, while called Batman and Superman, is more Batman, Superman, and Robin. Okay. Where all these stories going forward, Robin is going to play just as key a role in everything else that's going on. Yep. And, you know, now that I look at it, obviously on the A cover, I don't know what's on the B cover, but I always equate the A cover to the one true cover. Yes. Um, like it's just a collage. Like if you wouldn't, cause there's Joker, Bane, Brainiac, Catwoman, Commissioner Gordon. It's like, uh, everybody I'm like, okay, so it's not telling you who's in the book. It's telling you it's their world. You know what I mean? Yes. So I kind of like that. And I also threw in there, not a, not hugely familiar with Dan Mora's stuff. I've probably seen it in a ton of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I look at his art credits over at DC, uh, lots of Adventures of Super Sons, it looks like. Yes, and he did a ton of Detective, too. Okay, so as I'm looking through uh, his, as I'm looking through the issue, right, and my kid comes in and looks over my shoulder and he sees, like, that one, like, maybe, like, third page or quarter page shot of Metallo. Right. My kid's like, oh, my God, that looks awesome. And yep. his art is really, like, he's a really underrated artist and it really shows in this issue. Yep. Um, but again, I, I, I was and am genetically predisposed to like a Mark Wade written book <laughs> with DC characters. And suffice to say, uh, it, it did pan out very well. Right. One last thing. And I want to, I don't want to harp on it too much. You know what it mostly felt like if you really like those old justice league United and, and Batman adventures, like all the world's finest Superman, Batman team ups. It's almost like he's channeling those, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, that's high praise to me, you know? Yeah. So anyway, that's all I got. Uh, so the other book uh, that we read was Nightwing number 90. Uh, written by Tom Taylor with art by Geraldo Borges. Mm-hmm. Uh, an attempt is made on Dick Grayson's life and why go in with a scalpel when you can go in with a nuclear bomb. This is mm-hmm. essentially the approach taken here. Um, and who would come to the rescue of Dick Grayson in this issue? And that is uh, what they call in the solicitations his best friend, Wally West, a.k.a. The Flash. Uh, and I'll just say Dick Grayson's got a lot of best friends. Um, who would you say? I just, I, honest to God, who's his best friends? 
Is Speedy still around? Is Roy Harper still around? Um, kinda, yeah. He was part of that okay. uh, thing where yeah, he came back to life. So I don't even know if Nightwing knows he's alive. But okay. so I wouldn't include Damien. That's more of a brother relationship, right? Um, I was going to say any of the Robins would be his would be family. Even Jason Todd. Even Jason Todd to an extent. He's mm-hmm. he's the black sheep of the family. Well, I would say that he and Barbara haven't put a definition on their relationship as we, as we learned in this issue. Would you consider them best friends? No, because they're on again, off again lovers. Like, if they're not lo- in a relationship, then maybe they're best friends. But that's a weird, like you said, there has to, you, you have to put, you know, a label on it. And right now I'm thinking not. I'm thinking they're leaning towards relationship mode. I'm making a joke, and just the fact that Nightwing sure has a lot of personal relationships with a lot of people. Well, it's it's Wally. They even say in this book, "Is my best friend." At least Wally seems to think it. So right, maybe maybe Dick does it, but I like when anybody says Wally is their best friend because Wally is hands down the best Flash. I'd be hard pressed to disagree with that statement. Then it goes Jay Garrick, just so you know. But anyway. <laughs> Um, so, so this issue, of course, there's, uh, an explosion and a fire in the building that Dick is living in. Uh, Dick goes back as Nightwing to save the guy who sleeps there without his, uh, hearing aid in. The guy accuses Nightwing (laughs) of the one who set the fire and is trying to steal his, uh, hearing aid. And again, of course, because Blockbuster, who's the mayor, is involved in all of this, the cops are already bought off. And they're already trying to spin this in that Dick Grayson and or Nightwing were the ones behind this, even though a stealth bomber missile comes to blow the place up after everyone has been evacuated, thanks to Dick Grayson. Um, Barbara gets kidnapped, or at least attempted to get kidnapped. (laughs) Uh, We find out who the real villain behind at least this particular ploy could be. But I would say the best part, or at least my favorite part of this was, Tom Taylor writing Wally West. He's got a good handle. I love when a new writer gets to take a character that I've read a lot of. You've read a lot more of Flash Wally West than I have, but takes a character that we're both very familiar with and starts to add just like a new little wrinkle in the way that their powers work. Mm -hmm. And it's something that may have come up before, but it's something that hasn't come up in a long time. Um, just essentially with how Wally's fast healing works in regards to everything that was going on in his rescue efforts. Yep. Yeah, and again, I don't want to spoil it because it's very interesting. Um, it is a long, ongoing story arc with all the stuff that in the Tom Taylor run, but this is going to be like a little two-issue thing with Wally West. So if you haven't hopped on this book uh, based on our recommendation by now, like check this one out. This one was really, really good. Yep. Um, one of the things, just a couple of things, it was, it threw me off not having Bruno Redondo on the, the actual art. Yes. Because he just did Superman's Son of Kal-El. Um, and I thought these Nightwing and Superman's Son of Kal-El was going to be a crossover, like, for four months. So I'm still kind of confused, because that story hasn't wrapped up. And there's still, so I guess it goes back to Superman's Son of Kal-El. I thought it was going through all the books. And as much as I love Wally, I cannot get over having any costume that has a, a flash that has the nose on the costume. 
like I said, if you look at the cover, you immediately you can see what I'm talking about. He looks like the uh, the 90s John Wesley ship flash where the costume, and I know I complain about this all the time, but this is my wig. This is like my Joe's wig <laughs> thing. Um, is it, it has to go, the costume has to come down, go up over the nose so the nose is completely seen and then comes back down the other side. When it's covered, I don't know, it just looks wrong on a flash costume. That's a hill I'm willing to die on, Joe. I'm going to let you have that one. When it comes to Flash stuff, there is no fighting you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Uh, but yeah, both the DC books this week, both, I'd say, really good books this week, huh? Yeah. Uh, so that's what we read last week. Uh, let's look. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, if you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday... Uh, usually at noon today, way earlier, because I tried to do it from my phone and it didn't work. Uh, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them sent to your home, uh, whether you, however you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Even though last week's episode did not happen, we both got it right. So again, numbers technically don't move. I'm still behind by four correct guesses. Uh, I have a feeling that number is not going to change this week either. Right. And I like the way when we talked about what we were we read last week, I was like, oh, the book we were looking forward to most. I'm like, that's right. Nobody knows that. I, it just, I was in full like <laughs> script mode. Yeah, listen. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm looking over your list and your list is tighter than mine. And I mean that like literally um, because mine has this double spaced apparently. Um, I know, Again, uh, I tried to do it from my phone. No, I know. I'm just tweaking you while I look over it. Is the book you're looking forward to most uh, Saga 57, Joe? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would have to guess that the book that Todd is most looking forward to co- coming out this week is Human Target number six. It is. I was going to lie and say rogues, but if, you know, to, <laughs> to, to, to do the gap more, but to say, like, if it had been just take Human Target out of the equation and it had been rogues Saga... I probably would have went rogues. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So I'm giving you clues for down the line, which I could totally be lying to you right now to screw you up later when when Human Target goes on hiatus. That's all. Well, I'm it is playing on hiatus mind this games this year, Joe. It is on hiatus with this issue. Yes, yes. But I mean, now what's going to happen when Rogues and Saga comes out next time? What are you going to choose? Well, I'll say this. I do know that Rogues is one of those black label books, so it's oversized number one. Right. And the schedule that it comes out is, I guess, bi-monthly. Oh, well, okay. But we'd still hit it probably. Yeah, maybe it won't come out the same day as Saga again. So Possibly. So, But we'll see. I just like tweaking you. And I will say this. Because we were recording uh, a little bit earlier than we usually do, um, I was – I had my fingers crossed – that I would have gotten our review copy of Saga in. And you would have gotten your, because the DC books come out on Tuesday, right? Mm -hmm. That we would have both been able to read our respective books we were most looking forward to coming out this week to take them off the table to see now what do we got to pick from. Oh, it would have been rogues. (laughs) It probably would have been rogues for me too. Right. Um, But hey, uh, everyone out there, avoid spoilers for Human Target because they're out there. 
you guys, between you and certain other people who do commissions and sketches on books sent away, you're killing me. You're killing me. I am be listen, would you want me to say, oh, nothing happens in the issue? Go silly-nilly yes. on the internet and just find that information from a stranger? <sighs> anyway, I'll stay. I don't I mean, want I you to find anything. It's the it's the it's the end of the first chapter of the six issues and everything else like that. You knew something was gonna happen. People are talking because they don't, they don't, people stink. <laughs> Be careful. That's all I'm saying. I'm being careful. I'm not on the, I'm not on the Twitter machine. I'm not in any of the news sites about human target. So right, hopefully so. I'll go pick up my books because today's Tuesday, my DC onlys, and then I'm going to read it. Like, cause it's the book I'm looking forward to most. All right. I'll let it go with that. All right. Now, another concern, another issue that we ran into, of course, with us <laughs> recording early is that when it comes to the silver standard and I put the uh, poll up, I put the poll up to end around the normal time that we would record. Mm -hmm. um, so as of this recording, there's still a bunch of time left uh, from last week's uh, poll, which was Video Man versus the Mime. And as of this recording, Video Man is in the lead. Ugh. So, again, I'm not going to move him forward in the tournament just yet because there is still time for that to change. And obviously, if that does change between now and the time that we record next week, I will gladly acquiesce this one to uh, Todd and his mime friend. Oh, true. Because um, the way I look at it is it's not like we put up the brackets just yet. So Right. It's whatever it is. We usually announce the winner, but we can't. So, But I'm willing. If if the poll says Video Man, it's Video Man. If it changes to mime and I'm like, oh, I'm in the lead, and then it goes back to Video Man, it's back to Joe. You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so who's going first here for uh, this week's selection? Um, It's up to you. You can make the call because you had a bad week with the okay. shows. All right, so uh, I have to doff my John Cena cap for the unwitting assist to Rob London, a.k.a. Ruler Bulon, R-U-L-E-R-B-U-L-O-N, on social media. Uh, he actually works on Marvel's research team. And it just so happened that one of his big, long posts this week lined up with my pick. Uh, in the tournament. And that person is Menace, a.k.a. the Grey Goblin. Mm -hmm. um, this was one of the new villains. If you, if you, Todd, and everyone else listening remembers, uh, Brand New Day from Spider-Man. It's going to be a fresh slate. Um, you know, the, the marriage didn't happen. Everyone forgets that Peter is Spider-Man. Um, and we're going to introduce a lot of new faces, including a lot of new villains. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of new villain fakeouts, uh, most notably, or uh, not new, uh, new uh, characters, whether it be heroes, villains, or whatever. But we definitely had a fakeout of Jackpot um, that we were led to believe was supposed to be Mary Jane with superpowers. And it turned out not to be, but that's not who we're speaking of. We're speaking of Menace a.k.a. Grey Goblin, who ends up being um, Harry Osborn's girlfriend, Lily Hollister. Okay. Who dated Harry specifically 
to find out information about the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. So that she could then steal that, become a villain, and help her father become mayor of New York. All legitimate, you know, reasons. Yes. So the only thing that's worse than the lady version of your favorite Spider-Man villain is the convoluted backstory and the unoriginal origin and name for the character. What? I'm, I can't wait for the Rainbow Goblin core, whatever they're doing. And that's the thing. Of all, there's been, if you're not an Osborne, you're not a Goblin. End of story, okay? What? I, I'll even, like, Jack McIndale and whoever was Hobgoblins, you're, you're, you're your own thing. But once you're just other people, it's like, well, I, I stumbled upon one of Norman's 50,000 secret hideouts all across New York City. <laughs> and instead of turning them over to the authorities, I decided I was going to try this serum that turned him mad, <laughs> turned myself mad, and go on a similar crusade that worked out oh so well for him, his son, two hobgoblins, and possibly a third green goblin who is going to come up much later on my end of things. What? So, so my pick for this week is Menace, a.k.a. the Grey Goblin, a.k.a. Lady Goblin. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's that's a good one. But uh, I think I may have you beat with the uh, the character of Philip Reardon, a.k.a. the Ten-Eyed Man, Joe. Uh, do you know who the Ten-Eyed Man is? Well, uh, I've seen his super cool design. Oh, don't get me started on this. The, he's called the Ten-Eyed Man. He has eyes on his costume. No matter how you add it up, there are not ten eyes on the costume. <laughs> so, right so, there. So, he's got two eyes himself. He's wearing goggles, so that's four. Mm-hmm. And then the suit itself has six. Yes, that's, yeah, sure, that's the way it works. Um, but he was a Vietnam vet who was d- honorably discharged after he got hit with some shrapnel and it kind of messed up his vision a little bit. He goes and becomes a night watchman or something or, and people, you know, start robbing it and they plant a bomb um, and knock him out. When he wakes up, his vision is even blurrier, sees Batman, starts fighting him. Um, and cause he thinks he's the person who's robbing the place and knocked him out. Just before the explosion goes off, he gets a, you know, his vision clears a little bit. And he's like, Oh, it's Batman. The bomb goes off and he's like, wakes up blinded. Luckily there was a scientist who, moved his optic nerves around so he could see out his fingertips because that makes total scientific sense. No <laughs> retinas, no corneas, no uh, irises, nothing. Just you could see out your hands. And so he blames Batman because that was the last person he saw before the bomb went off. And Batman beats him by, and I quote, by wrapping his cape around his hands so the man can't see and then knocks him unconscious. Um, later people have blinded the ten-eyed man by oh doing that horrible act of putting gloves on him. So says it says it right here. Then finally, mercifully, he was killed in crisis on infinite earths when, as I quote, uh 
a uh, one of the shadow demons kill, killed him, it was reported at the specific request of Marv Wolfman to put him in, on the list of characters he wanted to kill. Not only kill, kill first and get him off the board, Joe, because he was so bad. Marv Wolfman's like, I've created Vigilante. I've created Raven, Cyborg, Deathstroke. This character's awful. I know awful when I see it. First character I'm killing in Crisis on Infinite Earths. You, when you have that kind of clout killing the Ten-Eyed Man, you know he's lame. Joe, his hands can see. Like, if he puts him in a fist, he blinds himself. <laughs> Joe, his fingertips, he can see. He's like, I'm doing... I'm doing fists now with my hand. I'm like, there's no way he can see. This is ridiculous. The ten-eyed man sucks. Well, I I will say this. Uh, he probably is more of a karate chopping guy than anything else. Right. Um. But I know that you say that they killed him off. Mm-hmm. Uh. But if I'm not mistaken, they did do a grim and gritty version of him in the new Fifty Two in, uh, something or other. Maybe Spectre. I think so. I think that was at, and this is I'm saying this at the behest of Grant Morrison. So let's end let's end your argument right there. Okay, because he ended up bringing him back for fi- countdown to Final Crisis or fifty two. I don't remember. There was the Grant Morrison run, and I was like, really, that's the guy you want to bring back, Grant? Okay, and he did appear in uh, in multiple uh, episodes of Batman: Brave and the Bold. I never watched that one. So. Uh, it's a fun, It's a. De- it's one of the better uh, underrated Batman cartoons out there. Despite um, having the Ten Eyed Man, gotcha. Right. Well, again, and I would say, one time he was defeated by Firestorm, and then the other time he was defeated by Batmite. And one time, like I said in the comic, he was defeated by gloves. Yes, uh, and it says Batman. Uh, Batman or Batmite turns one of Batman's batarangs into a cactus as Batman tricks the Ten-Eyed Man into catching it. <sighs> the Ten-Eyed Man catches the cactus batarang, which incapacitates him enough for them to defeat him in the episode. Are, are you trying to help my cause? I'm saying that's a very innovative and cool way for uh, them to defeat a very dastardly and very strong villain. And all I'm going to say is two things. Uh, well, one thing, and it's probably going to be cut from this show. He should have become a proctologist. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, I just won't expand on that any further, but yes. Right. Uh, so, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did have an art attack this week from uh, Jesse DeYoung. Um, this is how enthralling my morning team calls are going, I guess, apparently at work. And I wouldn't know anything about working where you have to handle callers. So I'll take his word for it, but it's a chamber of artwork of chamber. Um, I'm not really sure on who the artist is, but I was always a sucker for a uh, chamber as a character. One of the few X books I read back in the day was when generation X came out because Chris Piccolo was, uh, drawing it. That was I- really like, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I will take a guess. I think this is drawn by Jesse himself. Oh, you know what? Now that you say it, um, that's probably who did it. Because at first I it. thought, oh, yep. Look at you, Batman. Yeah, listen. I, I, I had to take my gloves off so I could get a better look at this. <laughs> I was going to say, I am, I am, that should be your new thing. Is like, when it comes to somebody, I'm that person's ten-eyed man. <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, that's really cool. Chamber is one of those very interesting designs for an X-Man. Mm-hmm. I'm always a much bigger fan of an X-Man who cannot easily uh, blend into regular society. And one of my favorite things about Chamber, Joe, he when he was a part of the uh, Amalgam comics, it was Generation Hex. So it was a cross between him and Jonah Hex. Oh, nice. And I was always like, that's fantastic. So. All right. Well, like I said, you know, it's been a while since we've had uh, a burgeoning artist in their own right submit something to us for consideration, review, or sharing with our audience. But, Jesse, thank you very much. Um, Again, the explosion on that looks great. And if I blow that up, uh, I'm not going to point out your pencil work, but I can see your pencil work in there. And I love seeing that in the process of anyone's art. You do. And I think lastly, uh, you know, you're over at longboxheroes.com. Be sure to check out uh, all the past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark. Go check out our store where you could buy shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. Uh, go check out our Tee Public store, tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. The 35% off sale starts on Wednesday where you can get designs inspired by this show, After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, Hit my music at Oz with Wrestling on anything from notebooks to cell phone covers and everything in between. Uh, you can also help us out by signing up for our Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get two extra shows every month from Todd and I. Uh, one is Piro Mounties, looking at the films of independent filmmaker Mark Piro, who does not return emails. <laughs> and previewing the past, looking at 30 years ago this month's previews catalog. We just came off March 1992, which, uh, you know, was the inspiration for what we discussed earlier in the news segment in what constitutes a first appearance in a comic book. Right. Um, and again, you get those $1 um, up to $5. You get those two bonus shows two weeks before everyone else. And you get After Dark two days before everyone else so that you can listen to these shows in the correct listening order. Yep. Uh, also, while you're over there at longboxheroes.com, be sure to make any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through. does not cost you anything extra. Uh, they, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. A uh, lot less returns through this Amazon click-through. <laughs> uh, some of the notable purchases through this include... Somebody purchased the Kindle edition of Star Wars Tempest Runner uh, in the High Republic series. Mm-hmm. And somebody also purchased their comic books. I know we don't do the plugs for the digital sales anymore just because the Amazon web interface is still uh, not the best. <laughs> uh, but if you're getting stuff through the Comixology app, uh, there's a way that you can make your Amazon digital purchases for Comixology through our click-through, and we get a little bit of a click, uh, a little bit of a kickback on that. This past week, somebody purchased uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 92.bey. Again, doesn't make things confusing when you're trying to put your books in order. Definitely not a way to pad things out so they can get to issue 800 for the 60th anniversary of Spider-Man later on this year. Uh, Carnage number one and the Crimson Cage number four from AWA Studios. Right. And uh, whether it be this week, this month, this year, or forever, uh, we do thank you for any and all of your purchases through the Amazon click-through. 
Yes, we do. Thank you. And uh, this will be, uh, we got one more week coming up with uh, no movie or no TV shows uh, because Moon Knight debuts next Wednesday. Right. And if they don't do the origin right out of the gate, I'm out. All right. And then I think that weekend, uh, Todd, I, and uh, I think the entire world will be going to see uh, Morbius, right? Oh, that comes out on April 1st, so you know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, and it actually seems like it's coming out. There's been reviews and stuff. Oh, no, yeah, sure. It's no April Fool's at all. <laughs> I think anybody who goes see that movie is an April Fool, but that's mm. just me. Right well, again, we got nothing else, so thanks, everyone, for listening uh, to the real version of episode <laughs> 598 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Ooh. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.